Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal me. Now, who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Hey listeners, welcome back to Season 1, Episode 3, Lady Killers. For this episode, we have Tress joining me. Hi, Tress. Hello. And um, we're going to be talking about lady serial killers. We've all heard stories of male serial killers, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy. Um, Certainly everyone's heard of Jack the Ripper. But how many stories have you heard about women serial killers, Tress? Like one. Yeah, they're Aileen Warnos, right? I believe so. Aileen, the one yeah. that checked the hitchhiker that killed the people who, the men that picked her up. She only killed men. No, then. Really? Who was her? Aileen Wernos. She's the one who, I mean, she wanted attention. Every time a camera was pointed at her, she would like be dramatic and do all kinds of things. She was really, really unattractive. She looked like a monster. The one that I have heard of, I believe it was in the late 1800s. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's where we're going today. Okay. That's, who have you heard in the late 1800s? I cannot think of her name right now. What did she do? She killed a bunch of men. Really? Yeah. I honestly don't know who you're talking about. That's so weird. You're going to have to look that up and figure it out. I thought you would have known of Aileen Warnos. She was the one who murdered seven men in Florida between 89 and 90. Um, there was a movie. What's her name? Really, really pretty blonde. Um, she's beautiful. She played her in the movie, and everybody was shocked that she oh, could I'm look that her. unattractive. Um, ah. I know who it is. Charlize? Yep, Charlize right. Theron played her. It's shocking because Aileen Warnos was just not an attractive woman. She's not. She was known for um, every time a camera was, like I said, a camera pointed at her. It made her famous. People knew who she was. But, so clearly you probably don't know this, but 514, there's 514 reported cases of women who kill, kill, and kill again. So 514 women serial killers. Who knew? Yeah, that's but. very shocking. Um, and that's just since 1910. They just started taking, they started keeping track in 1910. So before, they're probably more way before that. I thought women were, if they were killers, they were like crime of passion, but it wasn't serial type. Yeah. And it, what's really funny, there's some statistics and I'm good at st- statistics because I can't even say the word. Um, so I'm going to read this to you. It says approximately 17% of all serial homicides in the U.S. are committed by women. And interestingly enough, only 10% of the total murders in the U.S. are committed by women. So that indicates that compared to men, women represent a larger larger percentage of serial murders than any other kind of a homicide in the U.S. That's crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. And I tried to do the math. I couldn't figure it out. But this is what I found out. Once believed, or most people probably believe, that women serial killers are usually tied to a man. As in the man convinces her to do it. Like a battered woman thing where... Yeah, do her dirty work. Yeah, sort of like how Sanford Clark in the last episode we talked about was tied to his uncle because his uncle, he was afraid of his uncle. He thought he would die, so he just kept doing it. Um, most people believe that's how women serial killers operate too, that they're not usually on their own, that it's the men that their partner, whatever, their husband, boyfriend, coerced him into doing that. But it's it's actually not true. Like male serial killers, most women prefer to go it alone. And you'll learn that as we go through some of these stories. For those that do pair up, the dynamics of the relationships are different. Have you heard of the case of Carla Hom... I can't ever say her last name. Homolka? No. Okay. Um, she was originally portrayed as having been enslaved to her husband and coerced against her will. But further investigation revealed that through school, she was a bully. She was horrible to other people. She often broke the rules. She showed little empathy for other people. And it's kind of just hard to believe that had she not met her husband, Paul Bernardo, which he was very famous for these murders also, that she would have been like, you know, upstanding sis and PTA mom. She wouldn't have been. She just, she was obviously mentally unstable and met someone mentally unstable and kind of did the same. But everyone always thinks that that's how it is with serial killers. But I want to actually spell her name out because I think we're not doing a show on Carla Homokal. I honestly cannot. I want to spell it for you. It's Carla, K-A-R-L-A, and her last name is H-O-M-O-L-K-A. Go ahead and look her up. She 
she brought the girl. She would find the girls and bring them to her husband and help him rape and murder them. Wow. And the sickest thing, the sickest thing, it gives me a stomach to think about it. The first victim was her 14-year-old sister. It was her sister. She she helped him rape and kill her 14-year-old sister. And what year was this? I want to say 89. I don't, I don't think I even wrote it down because it wasn't going to be about her, but I was reading more about her last night when I was working on this, and she was ugh, sick. It was Canada. Maybe that's why we don't know about it. I don't think it was really, really long ago. I don't think it was like the... It may have been the 70s, but it wasn't that long ago that we wouldn't have heard about it or at least known about it watching all the doc, crime documentaries that we both watch. Yeah. Um, you would think you would have... I'm curious if Haley knows because Haley's so obsessed with that stuff that she yeah. might have known. But yeah, she was so scary. And a lot of um, times there's another misconception that serial killers are either so unattractive that you know, they're angry at the world or they're so beautiful that men are putting in their hands. And that's not even close to the truth. Most of the time, women serial killers are average looking and middle class, young, and work in traditionally female-dominated professions like teacher or nurse. And um, fundamentally, male and female serial killers are doing the same. They're killing people. That's what they. But that's about the only thing they have really in common. Male serial killers um, often involve the desire for domination, control, and sexual preference or sexual violence, while females likely kill for power or money. Most of the time, you hear they're like you said, crimes of passion, yeah. or they're killing to get money insurance and things like killing husbands or boyfriends or they're in love with someone else and they want their husband killed. Yeah. Which I think most people think that. I mean, wouldn't you think that? Yeah. And the difference, another difference is male serial killers and their victims are almost always strangers. They're not someone that they know. I mean, except for like the case that we were just following. What was the one that you were asking if I saw the video? Scott Peterson is another, he killed his wife. What was the other one who killed his wife and kids? We just watched the video recently. The recent case yeah, really, in Colorado? Really recent. Yeah, the one that the guy looks so normal. Oh, oh, shoot. I can't remember his name now. Where he killed his wife and two yeah. young daughters and she was pregnant. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's different. We're talking about two different... But that I would assume that he did that out of crime of passion, not... Which, again, is not the normal man thing. But we're yeah. also talking about two different... There's murder, where you're murdering... <laughs> there's different murders. But you're murdering one person or their family or whatever, and then there's serial killers. So we're specifically talking about serial killers. Stalking their victims. Yeah. They have a preference of who they kill and how they kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serial killers usually are, they're strangers. They stalk them and find them and kill them. And where women, serial killers, and again, we're just talking about serial, not just regular killers, they, it's usually family members, people they know, people that that they've been close to. Yeah. So there's the difference there. Um, male serial killers tend to go out and hunt their victims because of the difference because the men go out and hunt random people and women it's usually close to them women serial killers on average are able to avoid capture longer than male serial they killers they don't fit a profile probably They're, exactly see Jess you're here for a reason <laughs> they do they don't fit a profile and where men fit the profile I mean we have so many cases of you men can... serial killers you can start tracking their habits and learning what they're going to do. Right. right. And they make a mistake. The women, ultimately. Like you'll hear in the, these two cases. Women usually make mistakes. Yeah. It, it, yeah, until <laughs> after. So many. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the, out of 514, clearly I'm not going to go over 514. So what I did was picked two of the most notorious and infamous cases. One more slightly known. One I've never heard of before, but clearly I haven't heard of a lot where I thought I had. Uh, but we're going to go back in time again. It's a history podcast. So we're going to go back a little bit in time and start with Nanny Doss. Have you heard of her? Not until you gave me some information. Yeah. She was born in 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. She was responsible for the deaths of at least 11 people between 1920 and 1954. So she did that for, I mean, I can't do the math, 30 years, Yeah. 34 years. She was killing people and getting away with it. You can't really think of a male serial killer who did that. No. 30 years of killing. Nanny Doss was referred to, and, and you looked at a picture of her. You saw a picture of her? Yeah, I saw a picture of her when she was younger, and then as she when she got caught. And what's what's what was the same in both pictures? She was smiling. She was smiling. Yeah. She was... She looked happy. Yeah. She was called the Giggling Granny, the Lonely Hearts Killer, the Black Widow, and then I don't get this one, the Lady Bluebeard. I don't get that. But most newspaper articles refer to her as the giggling granny or the giggling, um, laughing killer. It was all about her smile. She was smiling every picture. 
on her way to prison. She had a big old smile on her face. Smile. Yeah. It's crazy. She had finally confessed to the murders in October of 1954 after her fifth husband, five, um, died in a small hospital in Oklahoma. In all, it was revealed that she had killed four, get this list, it's really sad, four husbands, two children, her two sisters, her mom, a grandson, a baby, a grandson, and um, someone else, or her mother-in-law. Wow. Uh, again, like they said. It's usually family or friends. Or... Why, after the third family member, did they not get No one question. Her? Because well, you're going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> um, Nanny was born Nanny Hazel to Louisa Holder and James Hazel. Nanny was one of five children. She had a brother and three sisters. So somehow one brother and one sister survived Nanny. James, it was, uh, from all accounts, was... Uh, they survived her because she didn't kill them? She didn't kill Yeah, exactly. Okay. Two lived. Two lived. She killed two sisters, left one sister alive. She must have liked that one more. Well, she wasn't going to benefit. She benefited from every death. Okay. Like, even her grandson. She benefited from her grandson's death. She had taken out a... a, Insurance policy? Yeah. Now, why was no one catching on? I don't know. It took a lot of... Because you probably would not think that... The giggling granny. A grandma could kill... Well, she wasn't a grandma when she first started killing. She wasn't a grandma. Or even a mother could kill... The people she loves, yeah. or supposedly, or you're supposed to love, in those days, especially. Yeah, you would think. I don't know. Um, James, the father, forced his children to work on the family farm, and they didn't attend school. She could barely read or write. And then, at age seven, like they made it sound like they were super poor, and they worked on the farm, and he took all the kids out of school so they could work on the farm. I don't think she made. It. I looked her up. I don't think she made it past fifth grade, or at least she says she didn't make it past fifth grade. But she knew what she was doing. I mean, clearly she was conniving and smart i hate to say someone who kills people is smart but clearly she got away with 11 murders yeah over a 30 year time span so she wasn't a stupid person she wasn't just an educated person at age seven nanny was on a train with her family and the train came to a sudden stop and she hit her head she blamed basically her mental issues and um what was wrong with her on that hitting her head that day she for the rest of her life she had severe headaches and blackouts and depression so she claims that her instability was caused by that accident hitting her head which i read that there are experts that believe that that the frontal, yeah, if your lobe, frontal lobe gets yeah you knew that injured yeah so just and a lot of like psychopathic have the same things there's there's damage to the frontal lobe oh interesting so maybe all babies and children should wear helmets for <laughs> the first 12 years I don't know but usually they don't usually hit their head in the front so her hitting the front of her head her frontal lobe she claims that's what caused her to be the person that she was she was first married at age 16 16 wow so again we're gonna prove that we don't know math 1905 she was born 1905 to what's plus 16 years yep we're gonna use a calculator <laughs> that's that's really like 1930, 19, no, duh. 1921. 1921, so apparently, <laughs> that's so lame, I didn't do the math. Um, there's so many times on this podcast people are going to be like, they're so stupid. She was, in 1921, we're not I said, smart. it was, we're, not, we're uneducated also. I'm really not, but apparently I didn't take enough math classes. At age 16, she was married to Charles, Charlie Braggs. And he was her co-worker. This is what I don't get to. They said that her dad kept her home to work on the farm, but at 16 she was already working in a linen factory. So clearly he didn't keep them to work on the farm, but he kept them... Well, when they were little, they would have worked on the farm and then go out and make more money, probably. Yeah, they're working on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. She... So at 16 she met Charlie Braggs. He was a co-worker at her linen factory. And um, her father approved of the marriage. Obviously he wanted to get rid of kids one by one. He didn't have to pay for them. And just after four months of dating, she married Braggs, and he was the only son of a single mother who insisted on continuing to live with him after they married. Nanny later wrote, and I don't know why or where, that I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only knowed for about four or five months, who had no family, only a mother who was unwed, and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. She never seen anything wrong with what she'd done. But she could take spells. She would not let my own mother stay all night. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but she she, she must hated. Have been so controlling. 
hated her mother-in-law. Hated her. And makes her sound really bad. And I I don't know if she's really bad. I mean, obviously Nanny wasn't, you know, great. Yeah. She ends up murdering a bunch well, of people. a lot of women have ill thoughts towards their mother-in-laws. Well, and a lot of mother-in-laws have ill thoughts towards their, their daughter-in-laws. And he was... He was a, a mama's boy, clearly. He was a mama's boy. Yeah, she, she was unwed. She, That was her man in her life. Yeah. And to let go of your man in your life to another woman would be very hard. And living with your mother-in-law can't be easy. No. I mean, she was 16, so it's not like she stood her ground. She went from her mother's house to her mother-in-law's house. Yeah. So I have the best mother-in-law. And you do? I wouldn't be able to live with her. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to live I could not live with her. I can't live with her. No. Yeah, no. I could not either. Just because you have your own... It's your... Married. Well, imagine being 16 and you are so used to being someone's daughter and having someone else control your life. And then you move in, you think you're getting married, you're going out on your own, and suddenly you're just really moving into another, with another parent. Yeah. It can't be easy. We're not defending her, but it can't. Doesn't mean she should kill her. No. Ever. Yeah. But she, it it couldn't have been easy. Her, she says that her husband's Mm -hmm. mother took up a lot of her husband's attention and limited what she was allowed to do. The two, I mean, clearly, they weren't that limited. The two of them had four daughters really quickly. Um, all four of them were born between 1923 and 1927. Wow. So one a year. And you're pregnant for nine years. Nine years. You're pregnant <laughs> for nine. I'm sorry to notify you all, but you're pregnant for nine years. Uh, nine months. So. Ten months. It, technically ten months, yeah. Sorry. And so the girls are not that far apart. All daughters, by the way. They had all daughters. They both accused each other constantly of cheating on each other, which uh, was true, I guess. Um, Charlie would disappear for days at a time. Yeah, they were they were young. Yeah. Was he? I, he? I don't think he was much older than her. No one ever says how old he is. And I'm sure I could definitely find out. You guys always ask me questions that I probably should have thought of myself. But, um, no, they were both really young, and they cheated on each other. I mean, they cheated on each other, but clearly they were together. This is where it gets sad, though. This, I don't think... Charlie was the dad of the year, but uh, he wasn't. He wasn't murdering his children, and he in 1927, Charlie became mystified when two of his children died suddenly a few months apart. In, in, in 1927, children died. Yeah, and the mortality rate for kids was a lot higher than it is now. Mm-hmm. So when the first one died, I'm sure he wasn't really questioning it that much, like. Things happen. And again, he was young. Um, when the second one died, he was like, well, what's going on? Why are, why are my kids dying? Yeah. And he started to become suspicious of Nanny. Like, really suspicious. Not just kind of suspicious. And um, both of his children Did died. Did they say how they died? Um, they both died from, like, stomach... Like, I don't know what the coroner's report finally says it was, but they both died of something to do with their stomachs. Okay. Something went wrong. They were throwing up or they... Because she poisoned them? Yeah, she does. And that's what we'll get to is how she killed her, all of these people. But he started to question Nanny and she had no explanation why her kids suddenly got so ill. They didn't, they got ill and died. And finally he just got fed up with it. He started getting more and more suspicious. So this is what I don't understand. He took one of the daughters and left, just disappeared with one of the daughters, the older one. And, and the stories are, uh, the daughter's names were Melvina and Florine. Florine. I don't know where that came from. And he took the oldest one and left. He left the younger he left the, Yeah, he left one of his babies there. And I don't know why he only took one of them, but he, he did. And she finally, she didn't want to stay with her mother-in-law, so she packed up whatever she had and took baby Florine with her. Um, she moved to Cedartown. Florine was a baby baby. So yeah, no, I think she was a baby baby. Breastfeeding. He was 1927. He couldn't take care oh. of her yet. Because was... Yeah, but if you're going to leave... Formula when wasn't a no. major option yet. No. No. No, that's probably why. But why would you take... Well, your thought was, like, I can't save them both. Well, I guess. You're, I can't save them both. I gotta take but one. you could probably have found a... Or you stay had, like, and protect milk. your children. Didn't they have women that would nurse? Milk nurses? They wet nurses. <laughs> wet nurses. <laughs> okay. You could have found a wet nurse. It's clear. We're both blonde. Um... Yeah, I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, again, he was very young too, Mm -hmm. but I would have, why didn't he stay and protect, if he was so suspicious of her, why didn't he stay and protect both children? He didn't. He chose one and took off and left the baby with her. So she ended up um, packing up her 
belongings and leaving. And this is what I, I'm confused about. They say that she had chlorine and he took Melvina. But on a census report that I found, she was with Melvina. She wasn't with chlorine. So I don't know if they met up and switched off or I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. But she ended up in Georgia where she met and married Frank Harrelson. They said that Florian was barely two, year old, two years old when she married this Frank Harrelson. And one day, like she, winners, she fixed winners, she and her new husband just left, left the baby in the house. Oh just God. left, left, left the baby. Um, a neighbor rescued the abandoned baby in the home. And somehow in 1927, it wasn't like they could call a cell phone or page him or go on Facebook and find him, but they found Charlie Bragg and Charlie Bragg came and picked up his daughter. So, clearly not mother of the year. Her no. new husband took off. Where was CPS back then? I don't know. When did CPS... That'd be <laughs> interesting to find out. I, I know that there was. There was orphanages way back in the 1800s, so... Even but sooner. you didn't get arrested back then for mistreating your children. No, you really didn't. I think that was a, a right of a parent. But there had to be... I mean, they would have called the police or something, but... Yeah. I mean, there were many times where children were abandoned and whoever found them kept them. Yeah. Like, that's the way it was. It wasn't like now where... You you well you find you can't find a dog and keep it anymore. <laughs> People berate you. So some accounts um, say that, like I said, Florine was the one that was taken. Others say Melvina, um, but I found the census record. It was 1930 that Melvina was living with Nanny. Nanny was already married because she's listed on the census record as Nanny Harrelson, and Melvina is listed as Melvina Bragg. They lived with another couple who were older, and I and <laughs> curiously, I looked up that older couple. Their names were um, Hazel. But I looked them both up to make sure that they survived. They did? Yeah, they did. Okay, good. <laughs> she didn't kill them for whatever reason. They were probably nice to her? Like, I don't think that people her? were not nice to her. I mean, she killed her children. Her children sure. were nice to her? I mean, I guess she was tired and exhausted like a mother of four toddlers. I mean, Sometimes they had to be toddlers. toddlers are not nice. Yeah, they're not nice. So, so no, there's, you know. about just walking up and smacking a stranger? Yeah, I don't know. Mine did that the other day. She did? Yeah. A she pregnant walked, lady. She walked up and hit her? A pregnant lady. Oh, proud moment. Mm-hmm. Why? What did you say to the lady? That I was so sorry. And, and... you don't know why she did that? She doesn't... You're like, she's watching her tunes. <laughs> why did she do that? I don't know. Where I were you? At doctor's. And she just walked up and smacked some lady. The lady was sitting on the couch. She just walked up and smacked the lady. Where? In the arm? In the face? Honestly. She She wasn't like tapping her like, hey, pay attention to No, no, no. Me. It was a smack. Was the lady doing something? Was she making no, weird she noises? she playing on her phone. <laughs> It was like, that is enough. Yeah. Really? <laughs> so she just walked up and hit the lady. Yeah. Walked up and hit her. And then picked up a ball and threw it at her. What? She probably just wanted to play with her. So she's like, that's enough on your phone. And Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I want, and then only a toddler can get away with that. Yeah. Kick her. I mean, think about it. Toddlers are the only. They're so lucky. They are. They're the only they ones They really rule the world. They do rule. The, yes. And they know they do. And, and yes. That's why they're assholes. The smart ones do. Yeah. But they could one. <laughs> I'm so jealous right now. She could walk up and smack some lady and throw a ball at her head and be okay. And everyone's like, oh, she's adorable. Yeah. Because she is. That's funny. Um, I don't even know where I was. Oh, I checked to see if the couple. Oh, yeah. Lived. They did. They did. They, they, ribbed to, they, they lived to a ripe old age. They were fine. And, I, and in case, this is really funny too. Ancestry really should pay me to advertise for them. Because I was thinking this morning. I don't know if there's a day that goes by that I don't look up something on Ancestry. And it's not what it's meant for, either. Like, I'm not just doing... I know it's meant for family trees, but I look up everything. I look up everybody. Anybody, like, I'm Googling someone and Wikipedia... Have you looked at me? You're not on Wikipedia, so no. No, <laughs> no but I've had people... 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 Oh, you're the history girl. You're the... You're the genealogy person. And, hey, I'm trying to find my... My buddy from Vietnam, can you help me find him? I mean, yeah. get that all the time. And sometimes... Well, no, you kind of have looked at my family tree because you've worked yeah, with my second cousin. Yeah. Oh, I did. I'm friend- I am friends with your second cousin on Facebook. Yeah. Every time I see a post from her, I'm like, why are we friends? <laughs> She's a nice lady. Like, I don't just friend my coworkers. I friend their entire family. And we got really far off a tangent Maybe right there. Did. What... Let's go back to Nanny had married Frank Harrelson... And um, I guess right after they got married, she found out that he was an alcoholic. But she stayed married to him for 16 years. And she killed him. Took her a long time. Took her to 16 years to kill him. Yeah. Did she kill anyone during that time? That's what I, that's what I don't believe. Because they attribute that she killed, what did I say, 11 people? Mm-hmm. I, there's no way. Because there's just too many periods where she wasn't killing people. Like, why? She went up and down like that. Like, why? 
And you know what I forgot to mention is um, she's married five different times. Her her obsession, like apparently my obsession with ancestry, her obsession was romance novels and romance magazines. Even when she was young, she was... She, and they said that she couldn't read or write, so this is the, the conflicting information. Again, she was only fifth grade educated, so she had to be able to read a little bit. You learned to read before fifth grade. I and think so. she was very obsessed with... Um, not necessarily they romance. Audio books back then. No, they did not. <laughs> she wasn't reading romance novels. She was uh, reading the magazines. Back in the twenties, they had all those dime magazines, mm-hmm. and they had the romance one and the movie star one. And she was obsessed with the romance ones. So every husband she was looking for, her prince charming, her perfect man. Yeah, her perfect man. So yeah, her, her Edward. <laughs> Are you talking about Edward from? Pretty Woman or Edward from Twilight? Twilight. Are you really? <laughs> oh my god. Like, why would her... <laughs> That's hilarious to me. I'm like, and there's two, like, my first thought, and this came up in the first episode, and Haley's like, I don't, I didn't watch Pretty Woman. I watched it, but I did not know his name was Edward. His name is, oh, come on. If anything, we're going to get people to watch so Friends young. and Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman is, that his name was Edward. Then he was the Prince Charming, although he did hire a hooker. Yeah. He was Prince Charming. So, yeah, she was always looking for the next perfect man. Um, so she was married to him for 16 years, his second husband. And then, this is what I don't understand. It, this, again, it's it's telling two different stories. One newspaper says Florine, one newspaper says Melvina. Um, somehow reconciled with their mom in 1945. And I don't know how you do that. Like, the dad, Charlie Bratton, clearly believed that his wife killed those two babies. So why the two other two daughters would reconcile. And they do know there's newspaper articles about her abandoning one of the babies, whether it was Florine or Melvina, in the house and just leaving with her new husband. So why would you reconcile with your mom? I don't know, but there's that bond, I guess, you have with your yeah, mom. Yeah, your people, mom's your mom. People forgive their moms. But, um, and maybe she hit her head, too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she took a train and ran and hit her head. But in 1945, she had reconciled with her mother and um, felt secure enough to oh, no. leave. Oh, yeah. this is... She left her baby with grandma. And How old um, was he? two. She left her baby with grandma so that she could go see her dad. She was going to see Charlie. And the reason she was going to see Charlie is because she showed up at her mom's. Um her I guess her and her husband were having Oh, you know what it was? Is um she the daughter had left her husband and was seeing someone else and her mom didn't approve of him. Like she has a right to approve of it. She killed two babies. And she suddenly doesn't approve of her daughter's husband. So um, the daughter and nanny got in a big old fight. So the daughter decided to go see her dad and, and her left baby. her two-year-old with grandma. With the giggling Maybe granny. he was a decent dad and didn't talk bad about her mother. And she didn't know. She knew that her that either her or her sister were abandoned. abandoned. Yeah, she, there's no way she didn't know. And again, I think it goes back to the mother-child bond. Like you... There's the most atrocious mothers out there, and the kids still love their mom. Yeah. No matter what. But she trusts her enough. She left um, Robert Lee in the care of her mom and um, left left the baby in Jackson, Alabama with Nanny. And this is the sad part. Um, apparently, baby Lee survived three days in Nanny's care. His death produced anguish, anguished speculation of... Um, how he died, apparently, Nanny told people that he it got a hold of rat poison. Wow. So he died. She left her baby. And the funny thing, there's another news story about Melvina saying um, she had another baby girl. And in her lucidity, you know, going in and out of um, the childbirth um, during that time, she remembers her mom sticking in need. need uh, her mom was there, her husband was there, and her sister was there. So whether it was, this is Melvina that's telling the story. So Florine was there, Nanny was there, and Melvina's husband. She gave birth to a baby girl, and she, going in and out of lucidity during the whole birth experience, she remembers seeing her mom stick a needle in the baby's head, and um, the baby died within minutes of birth. Wow. So they don't credit her with killing the newborn baby girl, but Melvina, so she lost two of her children. Well, if it's Melvina, because again... I, I'm not even joking. One newspaper story says it was Florine, and the next says it was Melvina. So I haven't been able to figure out exactly who's who, but... So she's killed probably two grandchildren. Two grandchildren. For sure one, maybe two. Yeah. 
um, I was super curious where Nanny was between 1927 and 1945 because it talks about her in 1927 marrying, what's his name, Frank Harrelson, mm-hmm. and then and then killing Robert Lee in 1945. So I did a little search to see where she lived, and this is how obsessive I got. I spent way too much time on this. They lived in an apartment in Straight Mountain, Frank and Nanny. So I started looking up, I found them on the census record in 1930. I started looking up every single person that's on the same census record. To see if anybody died a suspicious death or a young death. I looked at particularly old people and young people. And um, there were, out of three different families, there were boys that disappeared. That were on one census and weren't on the next. Oh, wow. So that I were her neighbors? That were her neighbors. And, I mean, that would be a ton of research to find out what happened to each one of those kids. I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. But um, there were three kids in that. I mean, the, the census record is really long if you've ever seen a census record. Yeah. There's tons of neighbors. And... A big chunk of it was one family that lived in different apartments. And um, out of all the families that I searched, there were, like, boys that I would click on and follow, like, their life, like, where they went and where they died. And some of them, it was just, like, just that census. They weren't on anything else beyond that. Wow. So, I don't, you know, I don't, maybe they could attribute. I mean, they didn't have the, the possibilities. I mean, we would, with computers and stuff, we'd be like, okay, well, three people in the apartment building went missing, too. Like, maybe someone put it together, but the police probably wouldn't have. Now they just type it into the computer and they're like, well, three boys of the town just disappeared. Now they know. Yeah, they couldn't have done that. Frank Harrison suddenly fell ill and died within a week. This was in 1945. Nanny told police when they caught up with her that he had come home drunk and raped her. And she was angry the next day. She had discovered Harrison's corn whiskey jar buried in, um, in the ground as she tended her rose garden. The rape had been the last straw for her, so she used took the jar, topped it off with rat poison. This didn't indicate to people... She told people this, and she didn't get arrested? This is after after she got arrested. Oh, okay. She filled it up with rat poison. Harrelson died a painful death that evening. Nanny used the insurance money to buy 10 acres of land and build a small house for herself outside of Jacksonville. The 1950s were a lethal time for Nanny's relatives. Her third husband, Arlie Lanning, died in North Carolina in 52. A few months later in January, her mother died while Nanny nursed the woman for a broken hip. Two of her sisters died that same year in different towns, each collapsing while Nanny was visiting. I say, was she there? Yeah. Each with the same mysterious, symptom, mysterious symptoms of stomach cramps. Did she admit to all these murders? Yeah, no, she did. She you finally confessed to all of them. Cancer. Yeah, no. I know the baby, the mom, but yeah, no. But she, but I'm like, why do the sisters be like, yeah, come stay with me? After the first one died. After the mom died. After, okay, first of all, so now she's on husband number three that died. No, Charlie didn't die. Charlie's the one who got Charlie didn't die. Um, Frank Harrelson died, and then... The daughters. Our, yeah. Grandson. Yeah. Now mom. Yeah. Now the sisters say, come stay with me. Yeah, stupid. Well, but she did take a very okay. big break. No, she did take like, a very big break, and, and I and I can't fault the first sister. A second sister, you know, fool me once. Yeah. She might, like, come on, there's a list. You know, it, so they both died of stomach cramps and convulsions, which is a word I couldn't say before. In 1953, husband number four, Richard Morton, was laid to rest in Emporia, Kansas. So she she poisoned him too. Um, then Nanny married Samuel Dulce of Tulsa, Oklahoma in nineteen fifty three. Now this is a thing. I think before she was marrying alcoholics and in generally bad guy. I mean Frank Harrelson left a baby in yeah. the house. So these weren't stand up people she was marrying, but in nineteen fifty three she had married Samuel Doss, who was a Nazarene minister. And this is really sad. He he married he I don't know what he saw in her, but he had lost his entire family to a tornado. I think he had five or six kids. Wow. And his wife and every single one of his children were killed in that tornado. So he was a widower. She married him. He was supposedly a great guy. But he 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 disapproved of her whole romance story thing. I mean, he was an obsession with her. So all her husbands knew that she bought those magazines and super into it. He did not approve of it. And um, it was her favorite thing. He was in, in September, the year that they married, 1953, he was admitted to the hospital with flu-like symptoms. The hospital diagnosed a severe digest, digestive tract infection, and he was treated and released October 5th. Samuel died on October 12th, 1954. So this all happened in 54. Sorry, she married him in 53. In 54, he's killed. Dead already. Yeah, he's dead. Um, Nanny killed him that evening in a rush to collect two life insurance policies she had taken out on him. The sudden dearth, the sudden death alerted his doctor, 
who ordered an autopsy. The autopsy reviewed a, revealed a huge amount of arsenic in his system. That's when Doss was finally arrested. She confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister, her grandson, and her mother-in-law. You know, they never said which mother-in-law. I'm assuming it was Charlie's mom, but they never said. Yeah, they never, they never talked about that. That was really weird. I never, I, I believe it was Charlie's mom. But, mm. I mean, she was the one that pissed her off the most. Yeah. So, the state of Oklahoma sent, and I mean, it really doesn't matter the woman. It was 100 years ago, but the state of Oklahoma centered its case only on Samuel Doss. Nanny Doss was prosecuted by J. Howard Edmondson, who later became governor of Oklahoma. She pled guilty on May 17th in 1955 and was sentenced to life imprisonment. And that's the picture you saw of her smiling on yeah. her way to prison. And her daughter, by the way, um, Melvina, it completely is with her through the whole trial and everything. I didn't know there is, there. I didn't know That's that her was. daughter, Melvina. Her daughter, there's a picture in the courthouse of Nanny holding her one of her granddaughters. So she went out to have two more children. Nanny's holding one of the daughters and the one daughter is standing in front of her and Melvina's standing right next to her. And the... Yeah. Look at how she's Is smiling. that a granddaughter? Yeah, it's her granddaughter. That's Melvina's daughter. But look at... Can you see the picture? Do you have the whole picture? And Melvina's not smiling. She's smart enough to not be smiling through this, but... Granny Doss. Oh, right here. Yeah. She's... she's staring like, don't you dare yes. touch my daughter. She's... But she's there for her she's mom. There, yeah. She's in court with her mom. Letting her hold her daughter. And supposedly Melvina is the one who had Robert, the one that she killed. Oh. And is Melvina not getting it yet? Is she not? I mean, her mom. Well, no, her mom confessed. Yeah, is that crazy picture? We'll put that one up on our website. Um, you can find it under uh, episodes. You'll be able to see all the different pictures. We always post everything so you can go take a look at this smiling, happy serial killer. She pled guilty on May 17th and was sentenced to imprisonment. The state did not pursue the death penalty due to her gender. That's so jacked up. Who gives a crap if she's she killed eleven people? Well, this was nineteen fifty four. It wasn't that long ago. There wasn't a lot of women's rights yet. Women were different. Yeah, but I mean, what is women's rights? And I know so your right to die. Like, like I don't yeah, get it. Like yeah. she, you weren't treated the same as men. That's sad. She was never charged with that other deaths. Even though she confessed to all that other deaths, she was never charged. She was only charged in Samuel Doss's death. But she's clearly a serial killer. She yeah. killed everybody. Nanny died from leukemia. And it's funny. Um, they attribute her death to the um, high exposure to arsenic. <laughs> she poisoned herself. Yeah, she poisoned all these people. She yeah. ultimately poisoned herself. In the years of the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Pit, she, yeah, she died in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1965. Another funny thing, um, when I was doing research... As a child, Nanny loved to laugh and had an exceptionally sweet disposition. But her father was psychologically abusive. He dictated what his wife and daughters both did in war, often forbidding them from attending social events. Despite this preoccupation, Doss's father did not protect her from unsavory men. In her youth, Doss was raped by several loco men, so before she was even married. And when she told her father, he didn't believe her. Doss dreamed of finding her prince charming that would take her away from all the abusers and treat her with love and respect. She spent hours with her mother's romance magazines, feeding her desire for romance and enjoying the temporary escape from her life. Doss's childhood led her to both desire attention deeply and... Oh, this is what... This is really interesting. This is true. Her childhood led her to both desire attention from and deeply distrust men. They blame a lot of it, again, on the head injury that she got when the train stopped. Um, Because research, like we talked about, shows it can severely affect her personality. Mm -hmm. But it it didn't turn her into a cold-blooded killer overnight. She was seven when that happened. Yeah. But it didn't take her very long. To start killing people? To start killing people. From seven to... What, 17? Yeah. 18, 19, 20? Yeah. But that is a long time. That's 10 years. 10 years to kill your own children. To start with your own children. There's no descriptions of her being a horrible kid, though. I mean, most of the time, like, when someone starts murdering, there's signs. Like, they hurt small animals. Animals Yeah, set fires. Yeah, and she doesn't have any... There's At least it's not written down. Yeah. People, Most people have described her as a kid as being just a little chunk of sweet. I don't know. <laughs> and she ended up not... I, the, the smiling is what freaks me out. Was that a psychological thing? You know when... Have you ever seen someone who, when they get nervous or scared, they smile or laugh? Yes. I mean... I have someone in my family that laughs. Really? All the time. Is that just creepy as shit? It drives me insane. It's creepy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, is that where her gig is? That she just maybe nervous and scared? Because I mean, every 
every picture, and I looked a lot, kind of haunted my nightmares for a little bit. Um, she never, she was always smiling, always happy, always smiling. It's kind of crazy. But we'll post her picture so you can take a look. Okay, moving on. Um, our next lady serial killer is Jane Toppin. She was born August 17th, 1854, as Honora Kelly. She, um, Ended up with a nickname, Jolly Jane. So, Santa? Yeah, she was happy. Um, same with the giggling grandma, Jolly Jane. Apparently, women serial killers are happy serial killers. She's quoted as saying that her ambition was to have killed more people, more helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Quite a goal to have. Yeah, hashtag goals. She mm-hmm. had a plan. Very few records actually survive. I mean, it was 1854. Of her early childhood, they do know that her parents were of Irish descent and that her mother, Bridget Kelly, died of tuberculosis when she was really young. I think almost as young as her being still an infant. Her father, Peter Kelly, was known as an alcoholic, was very abusive, and his nickname was Kelly the Crack. Not as in crackhead that we know today, but crackpot, like he was crazy. He was a tailor, and there were rumors um, that he tried to sew his eyes shut while working as a tailor. So as I shut himself. What would make you do that? I don't know, but I guess it sets a precedent that her, um, that, that it, she wasn't just crazy, that her dad was crazy too about it. It ran in the family. In 1863, Kelly took, he had three children. There were three sisters. Um, Nellie, there were three sisters. Um, three, he had three children. There were three girls. Um, Honora was, I believe, the youngest. And then Delilah, or sorry, not Delilah. Delia? It's D-E-L-I-A. Delia? Delia. Delia. And the oldest, which is Nellie. In 1863, he took six-year-old Honora and Delia Josephine and took them to the Boston Female Asylum, which was an orphanage for indigent female children. The two girls were surrendered, and they never saw their father again. Uh, Documents from the asylum said that they were rescued from a miserable home. And Nellie, I guess, was too old to take to the orphanage. And records show that she ended up being um, insane and being committed to a different kind of asylum. I hate the word asylum. Like a real mental... Yeah, she was, yeah there's something wrong with her. So, again, setting up the idea, the knowledge that the dad was crazy and then the older sister was crazy. And then Delia ended up being a, um, a prostitute and dying young. So nice. And Honora ended up um, being placed. I guess both girls were actually placed in homes, but Delia ended up being a prostitute. Honora was given to the Toppin family, which was um, in Lowell, Massachusetts. That there's conflicting records. Some say that she was an indentured servant to them as young as a ten year old. Others say that they took her in, that she was placed with them and became part of the family, although they never adopted her. More like her. a foster home? Um, yeah, I don't know what they called it back in the 1860, whatever, 1863 or 18-whatever. Like, she was 10, so 1864. What they called it, but what had happened is, I guess the mom wasn't very nice to her. I don't know why she took her in the first place, but the mom wasn't very nice to her. They had another daughter named Elizabeth, who Jane and Elizabeth ended up being somewhat close. It turns out that... Jane was really jealous of her, but Elizabeth was kind to her. Um, all the records, uh, all the things that Jane said ultimately was that Anne wasn't very nice to her. But she, they raised her from 10 to 18. At 18, um, she went to high school, graduated high school. And then at 18, they gave her the option of leaving the house and they would give her $50, which I guess was a ton of money back then. They would give her $50, she would leave the house, or she could stay on and work as a servant, which is what she did. She did stay with them? She did stay with them, and she ended up getting into the Cambridge Nursing School. And she was actually more liked there. Apparently, as a child, people didn't like her. She was a pathological liar. She um, would tell stories of her dad being a ship captain, and then another story of him being royalty, and she... She just wasn't very, like, you either loved her or you hated her. And between, in grade school, that no one liked her. They thought she was a crazy liar, and, and there was a stigma with Irish immigrants. So she used to tell everyone that she was Italian. Okay. And um, 
then she, <clears throat> at, when she went to Cambridge, people really liked her. They thought that she was really good, and she was Jolly Jane. That's why she didn't get that Jolly Jane wasn't from... They childhood? No, no, it wasn't from, you know how they, the giggling grandma, she wasn't named the giggling grandma until they found out that she killed a bunch of people and she was super smiley. Jolly Jane was given the name Jolly Jane because she was so outgoing and friendly. She, outside of work, she would guzzle beer, tell obscene jokes, try and be really funny all the time. So her nickname Jolly Jane was from the time that she was a nurse, when she was in nurse training. She worked at the Cambridge, well, she went through nursing school through Cambridge and then um, she did really great. She was, she did well. She was smart. The patients loved her. The doctors loved her. They come to find out later on, they believe that she probably started killing back in, while she was at Cambridge, when she was like. In school? Yeah, when she was she 18 or 20. Yeah, she started her little, her list of people that she was going to take their life. But she would get really close to patients. And that's back when she started um, figuring out how to mix morphine and atropine together to push people into unconsciousness and she would bring them back. She knew the cocktail mix. She, they said that she would give them this, this mixture of these different drugs and then lay with them and hold them. And she liked to watch death through the, the death of a soul through their eyes is what she said that she wow. enjoyed. And she is like a man serial killer. Ultimately they find out that um, she didn't do it Like, Nanny Toppin did it mostly for money. But she didn't benefit in any way from these steps. No, she She just has some real daddy issues. No, she did it for her sexual pleasure. Yeah, she had real daddy issues. She was crazy. She was like a man serial killer. Men serial killer. A huge amount of the time that they're killing, they're doing it for the sexual thrill of it. And that's what Jolly Jane was doing. She would get an erotic thrill out of making people unconscious and then bringing them back and then making them unconscious until she ultimately killed them. And her patients were elderly and very sick. So that's why I think they don't know how many, when she started really, because at Cambridge, she, her patients were the elderly and very ill. So they don't know how many of them died of natural causes because they were sick and old or they died because of the opiates that she gave. Yeah. But she, they didn't, they certainly didn't catch on because she was recommended to the Massachusetts General Hospital, which was very prestigious, and she basically did the same thing. And they ultimately let her go because of her obsession with autopsies. Like, I don't know if that's a reason to let someone go. I mean, I have an obsession with true crime and unsolved mysteries. But it would depend on what her obsession was. If she was going in performing autopsies. Yeah, I wonder if you could do that back in 18, you know. Like going in and just cutting people up. Yeah, maybe. Without permission. Me? Or was she just asking too many questions? Yeah, asking too many questions probably would not be an alert to let someone go. No. And there's she had to have been multiple, doing something. Yeah, there was a multitude of things. She was known as um, being a petty fat thief, too. So she stole things, and um, well, her patients were dying. I don't know why they didn't catch on then, but they didn't. Uh, she ended up, what's, what's weird, though, is that they say that the doctor still loved her at Massachusetts General, even though. They fired her because of her obsession with autopsies. They still recommended her to be a private nurse. And that's ended up, that's where she, in earnest, started killing people, was when she became a private nurse. And like she was, would go to people's homes, like she was like a hospice nurse. They're yeah, dying they would hire and, her to take care okay. of their elderly. They're going to die anyways. Yeah, and I think that's probably why they didn't catch on. I guess um, she ended up going back to Cambridge to work. And while she worked at Cambridge, she had. Um, landlords and I have to find their names but she ended up killing both of them she was living with them and she had told her co-workers that she didn't like the old and the people which is weird because that's most of the people that she took care of yeah and that she picked as her favorites and stuff so I don't I'm a little confused by it but she befriended her elderly landlord and his wife which was Israel Dunham and Lovely Dunham and she, they were 83 and 87. They were definitely That's elderly. That's pretty old for back then, too. Yeah, and they were her landlord. And she became friends with them. And what she ended, she she killed Israel in May of 1895 and then kept Lovely alive for two more years and then killed her. 
But again, they didn't know this till much later. Did she confess to these? Eventually, yes. Okay. But she also confessed, and she was tried and convicted. And they know that she had done, she had killed thirty-one people. It, she confessed to more than a hundred. She didn't know all the names, but a lady who was in um, Cambridge when she went back, her name was Amelia Finney. She had an operation, and afterwards, she said that Jane Toppin came into her room. And gave her a bitter tasting medicine, causing her to lose consciousness. She was in and out. Like, Jane figured out how to get people, like, just on the verge of going in and out. She was going in and out of consciousness. And she knows that Jane Crowell climbed in bed with her and kissed her all over her face and held her. And then something startled her. So she left. And and this Mrs. Finney ended up surviving. She woke up the next morning and thought it was all a dream. And then 14, 15 years later, Jolly Jean is on trial and she realizes that it, it wasn't a dream at all. She would have been next. She would have been one of the... I wonder victims. who start, startled her. Yeah, I wonder if someone just came in. If, I mean, she was in a hospital, so... What was she doing in bed? Like, no one ever caught her before that, climbing in bed with patients. Like, it went on for a long time, basically. So she kills her landlords when she's in Cambridge. And then... She ended up getting fired from Cambridge for administering opiates recklessly. But that's when she became a private nurse. That's when she had certain doctors from Massachusetts and Cambridge that thought she was great and would recommend her as their nurse. It's funny. They said that when a lady named Mary McLear, McNear or McLear, fell on a visit to Cambridge, her doctor sent Jane Toppin to take care of her. And poor Mary McLear became the... The next victim, she ended up killing her. I wonder if some of these doctors had an idea. No, I think they're probably clueless. I don't think they... I don't know. I mean, they, they did call her the angel of death. There were some newspaper articles that called her the angel, angel of death because she took the lives of 87-year-olds and 88-year-olds. It changes, though. She doesn't... She starts hitting younger. But originally, she was only killing the elderly. And she went to take care of this Mary McLear and ended up killing her in December of 1899. And Mary was 70. And that was, well, that was after she got fired from Cambridge. They said that she began her poisoning spree in 1895. Um, she briefly returned to Cambridge, but was soon dismissed for administering opiates recklessly. And during this time, her sister Elizabeth, well, her, not her sister, her doctor, her Elizabeth Toppin. She had uh, married Oramel Brigham, a, a very well-known citizen, a great guy. And apparently, Jolly Jane fell in love with him also. And she had her chance. Her chance. That's a terrible thing to say. But I guess Elizabeth had notified Jane that she wasn't feeling great, that she was a little depressed. And Jane at the time was um, staying at a, a cottage near the beach, so she invited Elizabeth to come stay with her. And when... It's so sad. Elizabeth unknowingly went and stayed with her... Her... What she thought was her sister. And... Or thought of as her sister. And she killed her. She invited Elizabeth to um, go to a picnic on the beach. Elizabeth came and stayed with her. They went on a picnic. And gleefully, Jane told the story, by the way. She told the story that Elizabeth came to stay with her. She invited her for a picnic on the beach of cold corned beef and taffy and mineral mineral water laced with strychnine. She said that she held Elizabeth in her arms and watched as delight with delight as she gasped her life out. She probably wanted to be Elizabeth since she was a child. Probably. I mean, there's a psycho- yeah, there's a, a psychosis there. So she yeah. So um, she killed Jane. I mean, she killed Jane. Killed Elizabeth and. Uh, with Elizabeth gone, Jane inserted herself in the household, which it was her house. When Elizabeth married Oramel, Oramel moved into the Toppin home, and the Toppin parents were gone by now. So it was Elizabeth and her new husband, Oramel, and they had the family home. So Jane, for however however she did it, but she convinced Oramel that she needed to come stay with him, grief-stricken, her sister Died. Take care of him. I yeah, think it, that happened a lot him. back in those yeah. days. Mm-hmm. So she moved in with Armel. She poisoned but didn't kill the housekeeper. She poisoned the housekeeper enough so she appeared drunk. 
So Ormel fired the housekeeper, which was Jane's plan. So Jane could take over and impress Ormel with her housekeeping skills that she would be able to move in and take over running of the house just to as, stay with him permanently. Right. Just as Elizabeth had done. So she got the, the, she poisoned the housekeeper, got her fired. And then Ormel was having none of it. He was like, he wanted Jane to move out. And so Jane poisoned him and, um, but not to kill him. She poisoned him to get him ill enough so she could nurse him back to health. She thought, well, first she got rid of Elizabeth and then she got to move in. So then she got rid of the housekeeper and he still wasn't having none of it. He wanted her to move out. And so she poisoned him to convince him she was an angel that she could take care of the house um, because the housekeeper was gone and she could nurse him back to health. And Mm -hmm. then that didn't work. He was still like, nope, you need to go. So then she tried to convince people that he got her pregnant. And so he is a strong man. Luckily, he survived her. He's, he kicked her out. So she ended up trying to commit suicide, weirdly enough. Too bad she didn't succeed because she goes on kill. Do you think she really tried? Or was she trying to poison herself enough to look like it and hope that someone would take her in? Well, maybe. Maybe she, bad that's her. she wanted Ormel to take her in. But she ended up going and living in a cottage. Um, her landlords were the Davis family. Um, she wasn't paying the rent. So Maddie Davis, the, the, the owner of the house was Aldine Davis or Alden Davis. And the mother was Maddie Davis. Was Maddie Davis. And she got tired of this Jane Toppin not paying the rent. So she traveled to the cottage. And this is the thing that's weird. I don't know how Jane had the opportunity. I guess because Maddie traveled to the cottage, she stayed there. She invited her in for, come in for tea and I'll pay you the rent. But she ended up poisoning Maddie Davis. And this is the weirdest thing is that when Maddie died at Jane's cottage, the Davis family invited Jane to their home to take care of the elderly widow. Wow. Alden Davis. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's so crazy. They, the wife goes and tries to collect the rent, ends up dying. So they're like, hey. Come live with us. Come live with us. Come take care of us. Because, you know. So she went and took care of Alden Davis. Obviously, we know what happened. She actually didn't kill Alden Davis first, though. She killed his uh, sister. No. No. She killed... She killed, um, yeah, she killed the daughter first. She moved in with Aldine Davis and killed his daughter Genevieve with poison. And Alden Davis was, he was elderly. He was, well, no, he wasn't. He was only 64. So he's elderly then. Day for then, yeah. So he, she killed the daughter and then she killed Alden Davis. And then she killed the next daughter, Minnie I guess she was going to just take over the house. And nobody caught on to this? Not yet. This is where she starts to get caught. She kills Maddie when she comes to visit. Then she kills Maddie and Alden's daughter, Genevieve. Then she kills Alden. And then she kills Mary. Well, Minnie. Mary and Minnie. She's the same person. Kills Minnie. Who didn't live in the house, by the way, but she would have gotten the house. Because she was the eldest daughter. She had moved out and gotten married. And then she killed... The sister-in-law of Alden. And then, I believe it was sister-in-law. And what had happened, this is this was her downfall. Minnie was married to someone else. She wasn't living in the house, but the house would have gone to her. And I guess maybe that's what Jane's ultimate motive was, was that she was going to end up with the Davis family home. So Minnie's father-in-law, her husband's dad, said, no, no, no. The whole family's been killed now. The whole family has died from some weird thing and you would have thought if they were all together maybe they all ate the same thing or it happened this all happened I believe all within the same year but months apart and so I think originally people thought something was wrong with the family like some kind of digestion issues that the family had something in their house something they were eating but um, Maddie didn't die at the house Maddie died at her own Jane's house? house oh at Jane's yeah at Jane's house so the father-in-law was like, hey, no, 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 it's not that, because one of them died outside the house. So he had Minnie's body exhumed and found out that she died of poison. They found strychnine and morphine and atropine in her system. So he's like, no, 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 okay, so what happened? I heard 
I heard that Jane's sister died too. So they exhumed the sister's body. Found out she died of the same thing that Minnie died of. So then that's when people started, the detectives started following Jolly Jane. Because they're like, you're connected to way too many deaths. They start investigating her. The people at the hospital, her first landlords. So now she's under... Now they're connecting. Yeah, now she's... Now she's on the radar of the police department. So the police started following Jane um, in early 1901 and connecting all the dots. She was finally arrested on October 29th, 1901. She went to trial only for the murder. Even She confessed to her lawyer that she killed at least 31 people, but she lost track. It could be as many as 100. She actually went... I believe she only went to trial for the Davis family, though. I don't think she was tried on all the different That would have been the only one they could prove. The ones that the graves that they exhumed, yeah. She said that that the reason that she started killing people was because a boyfriend dumped her at 16. Hmm. She, She said that had she been married and had children, that they would have taken up all her time that she wouldn't have needed to... Or she would have been like the giggling granny and yeah. killed all of her kids and grandchildren. Yeah. She ended up killing old people instead. Um, there was an eight-hour trial, and the del- the jury only deliver- deliberated for 27 minutes. 27 minutes, that's it. Which is better, I mean, than the eight hours for the... Who was it? Nanny? I don't remember one of the it other ones. It was two hours for... Nanny? Yeah. And then 27 minutes, so I guess that's better. She She was found not guilty by reason of insanity, though. Wow. I know, what right? What did they do with her then? They ended up, she spent the rest of her life in a hospital. It was the Taunton State Hospital. Back then it was called the Taunton Lunatic Hospital or the Taunton Insane Asylum. Which is a very interesting place. Yes. That place is very creepy. They said that some attendants remember her calling them into her room and smiling, saying, get some morphine, morphine theory and we'll go out in the ward and you and I will have a lot of fun seeing them die. So she ended up, I mean, she died, she died of old age on October 29th, 1938. How she, old was that made her? Uh, oh. year was she born in? Yeah. Get out of the phone. Um, what year was she? So she was born in 1854, so how old was she? That would have made her 78. So she did. She died of old age. She was very old. Yeah, she was elderly. She wanted them to say she was insane. So that, because she thought she would get out. She thought if, if they claim, if they if she was convicted, I mean, sentenced as an insane person, that she could get better and get out and continue. That was her plan. She was delusional. There's yeah. no logical issues there. Or she knew that maybe she would have a better life at a insane asylum than a... Prison. Prison. Yeah, I mean, I guess she... She would have more opportunity to kill. And she had to go stay at a hospital. That's where she was... That, that was her place. So. Yeah. Taunton State Hospital is known for its hauntings now. Not just because of Jolly Jane, though, I believe. Um, the stories that I could find about Taunton State Hospital being... That you had... There were TV... There's some one of the TV shows. You don't have to say which one, but... One of the ghost hunting shows. Yeah, they visited it. And there was a lot of experiments that went on there. Um, they did a lot of lobotomies, torture... Yeah, they said to that... Take, get the crazy out of the people. Yeah, so, in the basement. In the basement. Yeah, they said that patients... Um, they would come to get them to take them to the basement and if they knew and they fought um, they would be punished but nobody ever wanted to go down to the basement there's stories that they were doing satanic rituals the doctors and nurses I think it's more than likely that they were doing experimental procedures yeah surgeries and like lobotomies and things like that um, the people would the building that Jolly Jane was in is not standing anymore that collapsed way back in the a long time ago, like it, it wasn't being used after the seventies, I don't think. And then the, um, it was a beautiful building though. You can see pictures of it online. Yeah. It was gorgeous with breezeways and walkways and stuff. Uh, they the tore, architectural, the architectural. Yeah. It was, it was built as an insane asylum. They thought that having fresh air would cure people. So it was built where the air could blow through and, and reach the patients and stuff. And they could set them out on like verandas to get fresh air and get better. I don't think you could fix Jolly Jane <laughs> no. with some breeze, but uh, she, they, they, the actual original building that Jolly Jane, it, that's not standing anymore, but it's still being used as a hospital. They have a bunch of outer buildings, 154 acres. 
So they have a bunch of outer buildings and stuff like that. People who had spent time in the hospital, though, said it was being haunted. There was a lady that they would see on the stairs. But the creepiest one is a man. They all said that there was a man that would stand in the corner of rooms. And this is the scariest thing to me is they said they would he would be, like, bustling, rushing down the hallway. And suddenly he would, you would visit, they physically could see him. So he was an apparition. And he would be walking down the hallway, and then suddenly he'd be crawling on the walls. Like Spider-Man? Yeah, creepy. I mean, just that gives me the chills when I yeah. think about it. Like, he's just, you know, speed walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden he's crawling along the wall. And then he would show up in a room standing in the corner. And I don't know how everyone described him as a man, but they also said that you couldn't see his face, that he was wearing, like, white orderly clothes. and But they sensed a man, a man's presence. A man's presence. So... I would love to visit there. I don't know what you could get into. I mean, it, it, clearly the basement's still there. They didn't. The buildings are probably built on top of it or something or around it. Yeah, we'll have to look into. Yeah, they have tours. Go jump on a plane to go to Massachusetts to invest. It's not their only. Jane Toppin is not their only claim to fame. They say that Lizzie Borden, when she was on trial, she was being held while she was on trial. They say that they didn't put her in prison because she wasn't convicted of anything. So they kept her at the Taunton State Hospital. I couldn't find any records of that. So I don't know if she really was. And I don't think it was for any length of time, maybe seven a week or two weeks or something. So uh, people say that she didn't stay there. People say she did. So Jolly Jane is not their only claim to fame. That Lizzie Borden was their other claim to fame. Either way, it's, it's still a working hospital. And you can go there if you want. <laughs> Um, if you want more information on today's episodes or, or today's topic, there's a couple books you can get. There's one, Female Serial Killers by Don Roth, R-A-U-F, and Women Who Kill, Profiles of Female Serial Killers by Carol Ann Davis. Consider this, serial killers span all racial groups. Typically, although they display personality disorders, they are rarely insane. Contrary to popular belief, they are not reclusive or social misfits. They don't live alone. They often operate in their own comfort zone near their work or their home. They could be your kid's teacher, your nurse at your doctor's office, your next door neighbor. Ted Bundy once said, we serial killers are your sons. We are your husbands. We are everywhere. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. Be sure to follow, like, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode. Until next time, I'm Kat, and remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. Thank you.